0: Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused—how on earth did that
2: happen? Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Wonderful, the soccer betting podcast, brought to you by the Action Network and our sponsors, uh, Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365 exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet one dollar on any game, get two hundred free. I'm Michael Ebuff, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts and friends, Anthony DeBundo and BJ Cunningham, and we're here to break down Match Week 1 of the UEFA Champions League coming your way Tuesday and Wednesday. Let's start with PSG versus Juventus, Tuesday at 3 p.m., PSG minus 300 at Bet365, Juventus 7-1 on the money line to draw us plus 450, Juve 2-3-0 win draw loss in Serie A, not off to an auspicious start when you consider who they've played so swallow sampdoria roma spezia and fiorentina but their goal differential is good seven goals for two goals against uh and they're allowing less than one expected goals per match a uh, psg are doing what they normally do and just running through league Un, five one zero win draw loss it does seem that both of these teams just because of their name brand usually do get inflated when we talk champions league I don't think that that's the case here. I think this uh, these odds kind of look correct on the money line here. PSG are just a couple tiers better than Juventus right now. We're considering where Juve have been for the past 2 years or so and PSG they look better. There seems to be a better kind of spirit to the team uh this season. BJ, break this one down.
1: I actually think PSG is a little bit overvalued here. Uh there's no way I'm playing Juventus right now mainly due to the fact that Pogba's still out, is still out. So I don't really know where the attacking threat is going to be for Juventus. But if you're somebody who's just listening to our podcast for the first time and you didn't listen to us last year, I'm a big-time PSG hater. I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. I do not think they should be the second favorite to win the Champions League. Yes, they got the best front three in the world, but their midfield and their defense is not up to par with the rest of the teams near the top of of the, the odds board. I mean, last year in league 1, they had a plus one expected goal differential per 90 minutes, which was fifth in Europe's top five leagues. France is the fifth most difficult league in Europe by UEFA coefficients. And based on my projections, they're 0.34 goals worse than Syria. A. So even if we look at their Champions League run last season, even if you include the two matches with Club Bruges, they only had a plus 2.5 expected goal differential. That's not the second favorite to win the Champions League. That team should be playing way better on expected goals than plus 2.5. Now, I really wanted to take Juventus in this one, but they were so overrated last year. They've been pathetic to start this season. Last season, only plus 0.35 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. You know, Throughout their Champions League run last season, they got to the round of 16. If you remove the two matches against Malmo, They had a minus 1.5 expected goal differential throughout all the matches against Chelsea, Zenit, and Villarreal. But Juventus was, like you mentioned, Michael, Juventus was a good defensive team. They were around one expected goal allowed per 90 minutes. They're doing the same thing this year. And they, under Allegri, they have the capabilities of setting up very defensive and being able to hold off PSG for large stretches of the match. So I only have 2.3 goals projected for this one. So I'm going to take under three goals at minus 103 And if PSG continues to get steamed and I can get Juventus at plus two, I'm going to have to take them.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think uh, the unders is the way to go here. It just seems like Juventus is going to show up to Paris to just shut up shop, you know, Parka. Yeah, that's what they did against
1: Chelsea last year, too. Pretty
2: much. And try to hit on the counter. Uh, We've seen it out of Allegri in in both of his stints in
3: Turin. uh, Anthony, are you making a three for three here on the under? Yeah, I will. And I, again, I think this all comes down to Allegri one uh, well, number one. I do think PSG have made improvements defensively. They look better. I mean, it's only been six matches, uh, but PSG is plus 2.44 goal difference per 90 in France. Now I think it's still too early to draw a realistic sample from that six matches. I'd like at least 10, they have played Monaco. So they've at least played somebody who's, you know, in the upper tier of the league. Uh, I do want to see a couple more games against difficult teams Before I kind of make my overall determination, but they did put seven past Lille as well. So some very encouraging signs that this PSG team is better than that of the Pochettino team. And uh, given what we know about their manager, I would believe in that as well. But I think uh, this is a little inflated here. I think the Juve attack is going to have major problems. Again, PSG's improved defense. Juventus, I mean, it's literally Vlahovic or nothing right now. They're getting no production out of anybody else. They just sold Zacharia, uh, like you mentioned, Pogba and Chiesa. There's just not – Dabala is gone. Like, there is not attacking production in this team to sustain uh, consistent attacks, and and we've seen it in the numbers. I mean, they had an eight-shot showing against Sampdoria, who, who just lost to Verona today. Uh, they had a very flat showing against Fiorentina. They scored in the first uh, 10 minutes of the game. Milik scored, which, you know – Andrews Milik is not a Champions League level striker at this point in his career. So they finished that game with less than one expected goal. They scored in the first minute against Roma. Uh, so they have not produced outside of the first couple minutes of these games uh, this season. And I have major doubts about their ability to score goals. Uh, and I think they're going to they're going to probably try to play for a low scoring game here. And, and uh, for that reason, I like under three point two five under threes are good as well. I only have 2.72 projected. I don't project every Champions League match. I haven't gotten to that point yet uh, where I can build out all the other smaller leagues like BJ does. But when we have two top five league teams going at it, I can be able to build out a number. Uh, and I only got to 2.7. So uh, I'm happy to take the under here.
2: All right. Three for three on the under in PSG. Juve, uh, that one, like I said, it's Tuesday, 3 p.m. Group H. The other group H match is a weird one. Benfica minus 500 against Maccabee Haifa coming out of uh, Israel, 12 to one on the money line. They are the draw is six to one. Uh, no idea what to expect out of this Israeli team. However, this is their path in through qualifying. They beat Red Star Belgrade, Olympiakos, and uh, Apollon Limassol out of Cyprus. Uh, so they've been playing like high stakes soccer for, for a little while here. They're in the competition for about a month and a half now. So if if there was a game to back them, I think in this group, it's this one. If you're if you're gonna have a little fun with with Haifa at on 12 to one. So maybe. But uh BJ, you are looking at something else.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of like the under three goals here. Um so Benefica was just a really, really good defensive team last season. And the Portuguese league only allowed 0.85 expected goals per match. And so far this season in their first five matches, they've only allowed a total. Of 1.9 expected goals, they haven't played many, really, any tough competition, but that's still really impressive. I think this is a match where they're, they're going to be able to just dominate possession, because I'd imagine Haifa comes out incredibly conservative, similar to you know, uh, I kind of view this match similar to you know the Benfica matches against Dynamo Kiev last season. If you want to look for a team that's kind of, I don't know, maybe similar style or on par, because we can't really take much from the Bayern Munich and Barcelona matches that Benfica had in the group stage, but. I mean, Dinamo Kiev, both those matches against Dinamo Kiev were under 2.5 expected goals. Haifa, it's interesting. So the Champions League qualifying matches against Red Star Belgrade, they were able to hold over 50% possession in both matches, which is kind of impressive because Belgrade has been a Europa League mainstay for quite a while now. Uh, nine goals across the two legs. So maybe they'll come out aggressive. But if you look at last season, they were in the Europa Conference League with in a group with Feyenoord, Union Berlin, and Slavia Prague. We don't have credible expected goal data from the Europa Conference League, which kind of sucks. But uh, they only scored two goals in the entire group stage. And not one of their six matches in the group stage went over three goals. Plus, they're still playing under the same manager and the same players. So uh, I projected this out at at 2.3 goals. So um, under three goals at minus 110, uh, I'm going to take it. All right, on to Group F
2: now. Celtic plus 425, hosting Real Madrid, defending champions under Carlo Ancelotti, minus 167. The draw here is plus 333. Uh, Madrid 4-0-0 in La Liga, off and running already. Uh, 11 goals for four goals against, uh, and this, their history is just about the same. Celtic is 6-0-0 and coming off a pasting of their eternal rival Rangers in the old firm Derby this past weekend. 25 goals for... One goal against in the Scottish Premiership uh, under Ange Postacoglu. I can never say his name, right? Madrid seemed to be an interesting team to handicap in in Champions League because they they almost pace themselves a little bit. They might start slow. We saw them do that last last season with you know, their, their group, which included Sheriff out of FC Sheriff out of Moldova or Transnistria. So I like like I was saying with with Haifa. I think if this is not a bad spot to go against Real Madrid. First match, they're traveling to a really tough environment uh, in Glasgow. And I mean, this is a good number, I think. Simple as that uh, on a team that is in good form. So I'll be on uh, Celtic on the money line here. Anthony, what do you have for us?
3: Yeah, I'm on Celtic as well. I like the plus one. I may also play a BTTS and over two and a half. Uh, I do think this game could be relatively open. Real Madrid have not fixed their defensive issues whatsoever. Early season La Liga indications are are pretty mediocre on that front. Uh, They've conceded around an expected goal per match. Some have been worse. Uh, And so I'm a little bit uncertain about Real Madrid because on one hand, we know about last year when they were incredibly fortunate. And we don't have to get into all of that again, but they, they ran really well because Benzema and Vinicius had incredible finishing seasons. Can we expect that to continue? Probably not. But what if the level of Real Madrid as a team got better? And the early indications are maybe, right? Like Chiu-Meni, uh and, and you know, more Camavinga minutes in the midfield, replacing some of the, the Casemiro-Modric minutes could help this team. But overall, I mean, they kind of just ran it back for the most part. And uh, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. But I will say Celtic last year in the Europa League, did have a pretty decent showing. They were uh, about even on expected goal difference uh, in a group that was, was relatively solid, included Leverkusen and, and Real Betis. They didn't know to get out of the group, but uh, did finish third right around similar numbers to Betis. And so if, if you project them close to that, you can get to this number at them being plus one and a bit undervalued. Uh, and that's where I see this. So I'm going to take Celtic at home uh, plus one.
2: Yeah. I think home field advantage here, um, matters considerably uh going to the east end of glasgow playing in uh at celtic park it's not going to be easy and and it's just the type of match where sometimes real madrid like i said it's it's i don't know if it's pacing themselves they know that they they can turn it on at any any time and get out of this group so i think could be a flat spot for them considering that they're the defending champs too it's not like you know they they just three months four months ago now played liverpool in in a highly emotional final so If they don't get up for their first group stage match, you can kind of understand it. BJ, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I'm going Celtic plus one and minus 115 as well. Anthony doesn't want to go through it. I kind of want to go through with Real Madrid during the Champions League last season. I don't. I lost Uh, 21.6 expected goals for, 19 expected goals against. That's including four matches against FC Sheriff and Shakhtar. 28 actual goals for, 14 actual goals against. So essentially overperformed by a little over 11 goals during their entire Champions League run. That's how crazy Benzema and Vinicius Jr.'s finishing rate was last season. And Courtois. And Courtois was incredible in net. Now, they just got
2: a great manager. That's, I think, that's part of it. Right. It's uh, exactly. Everton. Um,
1: But I mean, listen, last season, even in La Liga, you know, one of the more, probably the most defensive league uh, among Europe's top five leagues, they allowed 1.23 expected goals per match. That was 15th. In La Liga, they allowed 1.3 big scoring chances per match. That was 13th in La Liga. The champions did this. The champions of La Liga did this. So, yes, I'm taking Celtic plus one. Uh, I have only have Real Madrid projected at plus 105. If you look at 538, they only have Real Madrid at 42%. Celtic in the Scottish Premier League last year, 2.6 expected goals, four per 90 minutes, only 0.95 allowed. Anthony also mentioned the Europa League group that they were in put up 6.9 expected goals in four matches against Bettison and Leverkusen offensively. So this is a good offensive team. And like we already mentioned, our preview pod, they brought back everybody from last year. They didn't sell any of their, you know, highly touted players. Everybody's coming back, same managers coming back. And Michael already mentioned it. Probably one of the best atmospheres in all of, honestly, all of Europe. It's going to be an electric atmosphere there in Glasgow. So Celtic plus one and minus 115 for me as well.
2: Yeah, from from the east end of Glasgow to Germany now for Leipzig minus five hundred at Bet three six five Shakhtar Donetsk out of Ukraine playing their home games in Warsaw, Poland, uh, because of the war, Shokhtar's twelve to one on the money line. The draw here is six to one. This is an extreme case of this, but the Champions League always throws matches or or matchups like this together where it's you're you're handicapping yeah you know, the numbers you have to figure out. What a team's form in the league means? Are they taking the Champions League more seriously than their league? Whatever, all this stuff, and then you got stuff like this where Shakhtar basically got raided, and you you can understand why their players got out of the situation and transfers out of there. They're not playing in their home stadium; they're playing out of Poland. So you don't really know where the floor is here, but it's also you also don't. It's just an, almost impossible to get a true read on this team. So if you were going to bet this game and you wanted to bet, you know, Leipzig minus three or at like three to one or minus two and a half plus half plus one forty five, whatever, whatever it was. I think that's probably the most logical way to do this one. But Anthony, this one just, just feels like a pass, especially considering the way Leipzig have gotten off uh, in the Bundesliga a one, two, and two start.
3: Yeah. Leipzig have been quite poor uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, some of its variants, some of it's, I mean, they were very flat Saturday against Frankfurt, but uh, this is a total pass for me. I I can't pro- I can't even begin to project uh, Shakhtar. Given all the outgoings, they've only played three matches this year. Uh, they've scored two goals. They haven't conceded any, but they're very hard to to, to handicap right now and get a true read on. And so uh, I think I'm gonna be passing a lot of their matches. I mean, we'll see how they look. Uh, of course, they'll probably come out and win this one, and then we'll all get in, and then they'll get you know go back <laughs> down to earth. But but really, uh, I'll be watching their match because I am kind of curious. Like, there's a lot to learn, but. In terms of what we basically have right now, I would not feel confident betting either side. I would, I mean, I'd almost bet Shakhtar if I had to, just because I think it is a little steep for Leipzig to be a minus 500 home favorite against a team who, you know, still has some players around who have experience in the situation. But overall, uh, does not look like I'll be getting involved here.
2: All right, from Group F to Group G, uh, another 3 p.m. kickoff. Sevilla, 7-1 at home, hosting Man City tournament favorites uh they're minus 275 for this match at bet 365 the draw is four to one Sevilla winless out of the gates in La Liga one draw three losses in four matches three goals for eight goals against uh their expected goals paint a little bit of a rosier picture but not much uh, 5.1 goals for 8.8 goals against they have a reputation I think it's well earned of being a good tournament team but that's not this they've now kind of turned the roster over from, from those teams that that went on those Europa league runs where it seemed like every year they were either in the final or winning it. This, this is another one where I think it's maybe an under, we always talk about the premier league part of this uh, podcast that city, city overs are usually pretty inflated uh, because of the players they have, but I'll be passing on this one. BJ, what do you have?
1: I'm taking city minus one and a half, which is like one of the first times I'm actually betting city as a favorite on a spread like this, but Sevilla look, they look horrible without Diego Carlos and Koundé. I mean, this past weekend against Barcelona, 4.5 expected goals allowed, nine big scoring chances allowed. Uh, Even in their past three matches against Osasuna, Valadzid, and Almeria, they allowed 4.2 expected goals to those three teams. So what do you think Erling Holland and Manchester City are going to do? I mean, City, 14.3 expected goals in six matches. I mean, 18 big scoring chances. On the flip side, they've... Kind of been a little unlucky defensively. You know, they've conceded six goals off of three expected. Um, and this is the same Sevilla team that was one of the biggest overperformers in all of Europe. I mean, plus 23 actual goal differential, only a plus five expected goal differential over all of last season, which was actually 39th among Europe's top five leagues. So I have city spread projected at minus 1.42. So uh, minus one and a half at plus 115 is good enough for me. Play City.
3: Anthony. What do you have for this one? I mean, we could take it even further, right? Like Sevilla was a pot one team uh, and uh, got a very favorable group. I mean, it was a pot two team last year. Got a very favorable group with Lille Salzburg and and Wolfsburg uh, in the Champions League and then finished that group with a negative expected goal difference. So let's not like kid ourselves. Sevilla was a very mediocre European team last year. They finished mid table as far as I'm concerned in La Liga and they made it into the Champions League on pure variance and some Lopetegui magic and some good finishing. And they got worse in the offseason, losing some of their best players. And now they're much worse. I like City. I may take a shutout win. I may join BJ on the minus one and a half. Uh, I think City will be very up for this match to make a statement and and uh, kind of grab their foot in the group here. Uh, I just don't see any way that this is very similar to what Barcelona just did this to, to Sevilla. Like you said, the narrative about the tournament stuff is is very overdone now. Uh, They just haven't been a very good team. I mean, you can look over the years. You don't have to go back that far to see that, oh, look, Sevilla was actually like a pretty good team in Spain who deserved a top four finish because it was literally the year before where they were a pretty good team who deserved a top four finish. And that is just not the case anymore with this team. They've regressed uh, pretty hard and and there's not much to like about them.
2: The other Group G match is Dortmund minus 300, Copenhagen plus 750 on the road. The draw is plus 450. Anthony, right back to you for this one. Dortmund often running pretty well, I think, in Bundesliga. Uh, Copenhagen come in four wins, four losses in the Danish Superliga. This is a good spot, I think, to see the level, like just just how far Copenhagen is from a solid but not elite Champions League team, especially on the road. Um, I'll be sending this one out. You won't be though.
3: Yeah, this is a hold your nose under for me. Uh, look, I don't love Copenhagen as a team. Overall, they're pretty mediocre. They did have a very solid two-leg performance without the ball against Trabanspor, uh, the Turkish team. Uh, and I think that gives me some encouragement for their ability to keep some clean sheets or to at least challenge Dortmund. But really, this is more about Dortmund. Uh, the number is just a little bit too high for me on this team. And the reality is that Dortmund's attack this year has not been what it was uh, since Haaland left, and they went and got Anthony Modest, but Modest is not putting up the same shot numbers. Uh, you look at his past history, nothing suggests he's going to be the a Champions League level striker. He's a little bit below that. He's not quite on that level. Uh, so, you know, no Haller right now, and Modest being their main point man, they're not getting enough shots and enough consistent production to warrant this total being that high. And look, we've seen it in their Bundesliga matches. They played that thriller with Werder Bremen that was 2-3 but really the attack created less than 1 expected goal and all in the second biggest chance the biggest chance they created all came on a counterattack when they already had 1-0. Uh, and so that they struggled to create in that game. They only put up one against Hoffenheim. So this team is not like they're not a dominant attacking side when you look at the, some of their numbers and outside of one match this season they've really struggled to uh, consistently create big chances. And that was against Hertha. So I like the under here. It's been a Dortmund unders have been a painful endeavor in the past because their defense has really struggled, but I don't think they'll have a ton of issues here in this match, especially at home. Uh, Copenhagen likely very conservative uh, and, and don't won't, won't cause too many problems. Again, again, Dortmund's defense. I think they made legitimate improvements there. So uh, I'm taking the under. Uh, that's
2: the 1245 PM kickoff. Uh, let's move over to group E uh, Salzburg plus 240 hosting AC Milan. The champ defending champions in Syria. Ah, they're plus 110. The draw here is plus 250. Salzburg off to a good start in the Austrian Bundesliga. 6-0 and one win draw loss, 18 goals for three against. Uh, they made it to the round of 16 last season uh, in the Champions League. Drew with Bayern, 1-1 in the first leg, and then got pasted basically by a touchdown in the second leg. Milan off to a 3-2-0 wind draw loss start in Serie A, 10 goals for, 5 against, 9.6 expected goals for, 4.6 against this uh, Stefano Pioli side.
0: Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. for just three bucks at Harrys.com/bluewire, and Harrys has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harrys. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three dollars at Harrys.com/bluewire. That's Harrys.com/bluewire for a three-dollar trial set. You ready? Showtime.
2: they look up for it again in a Syria that has kind of just gone down in the dumps. I would be close to playing Milan here as a, as a road favorite. I think like, yeah, we, we know Salzburg are a dangerous side in in this tournament. They, they'll probably pull an upset or two along the way and, and maybe sneak into uh, the round of 16, but uh, I'm, I'm going with the favorite here. I think it's the Salzburg magic. Um, it just won't carry over is, is what I'm saying. There was a lot of, over there they're going to be the youngest side of the competition as usual uh so give me Milan Try to test it BJ what about you
1: yeah actually like under two and a half goals a plus 110 so let's go back to last Champions League with Salzburg in the group stage if you guys remember they were awarded five penalties during the group stage sort of, oh I remember yes and then uh, there was so in total there was they six missed penalties. like half of them right yes they missed half of them so in total there were six penalties awarded in Salzburg matches during the group stage. And let's remove the Bayern match, whatever. They've got, you know, they got paced at seven-one. Salzburg matches only averaged 1.82 non-penalty expected goals in the group stage. Not to mention they just lost their best two attackers, Ademi and Brendan Aronson. And you know, the reason I believe they were solo scoring one, it has to do with who was in their group. You know, they had Sevilla, they had Lil, they had Wolfsburg, but also it also has to do that. They play out of a 4-4-2, and they do have the ability to sit deep and to counter against some of the, these bigger sides similar to what, you know, AC Milan is going to do Uh with trying to control possession. And Milan, I mean, they're an incredible defensive team. I mean, last season during their Serie A title run, they only allowed 0.82 non-penalty expected goals per match. That was the best mark in Italy. Now, offensively, they're far, you know, from being considered a juggernaut. I mean, they're only around 1.5 non-penalty expected goals per match. So. They're a good offensive team, but not a great one. And I mean, they, listen, they were horrible in the Champions League last season. And a lot of that had to do with their offense. They only created 4.7 expected goals over their six matches. So uh, for me, I see, I look for Salzburg to sit in deep defensively with their 4-4-2 and just basically look to counter Milan, who is a really good defensive team. So I only have 2.28 goals projected for this match. So under 2.5 at plus 110 is a good enough price for me to play it.
2: Anthony, what are your thoughts here, Salzburg, Milan?
3: Yeah, I would lean to the under as well. The only thing that does scare me is that this is in Salzburg, and so you may see a more aggressive, pressing type of team, uh, and that kind of plays into the Milan hands. They are very dangerous in transition. They have players like Rafael Leal, who are so good in transition, Sandro Tonali picking out passes. uh, They are built to play in space. They are not great at breaking down low blocks, and I think we saw that last year in the Champions League. I mean, look who was in their group, right? They got Porto. They got Adleti uh, and I mean, Liverpool is Liverpool. So they didn't really get to uh, get a ton of space. And I think they might get some here. So that's the only thing that scares me uh, from a numbers point of view. I agree with BJ. I think, you know, Milan's overperformed quite a bit for years uh, for the last year in attack. And they've run really, really well, but their defense has steadily risen uh, Mike Mannion being healthy helps their goalkeeping as well, which which had a little bit of a dip last year when he was out. But again, he's a, a pretty good shot stopper as well. So I see the case for the under. Hopefully there's no penalties for BJ's bet, but I'll probably be passing here.
2: <laughs> uh, let's wrap up Tuesday's slate with a 1245 kickoff in Group E. Dinamo Zagreb out of Croatia. They're 6-1 to one hosting Chelsea, minus 223. The draw here is plus 350. Uh, the, the two 1245 matches are the Dortmund uh, match, and then this one featuring two big favorites. I could see a lot of people parlaying Chelsea and Dortmund uh, because those are the first two matches of the Champions League season and people want action wouldn't pass any judgment on anyone for doing that Zagreb is 7-1 and 0-1 draw loss in the Croatian uh, first division 27 goals for 10 goals against in those eight matches and Chelsea are off to maybe the weirdest start of any team in the Premier League Uh, 3-1 and 2 8 goals for 9 goals against 8.4 expected goals for 9.2 expected goals against And the reason it's so strange, there's been all, you know, the transfer sagas were incessant. It was every hour of the day, something was happening. They've spent the
1: most money of anybody in the Premier
2: League. (laughs) Between them and Nottingham Forest, it's exhausting just to try to keep up. The weird start to Chelsea season, the weirdest part of it is that they are such a, they were such a well-drilled side under Tuchel from the second he he came in a a season and a half ago and, and coached them to a Champions League title they were just so good at game management and this season they just haven't been, which, which is really frightening. They're traveling to a hostile environment. You know, the fans of Croatia are going to get up for this one. Uh, so I just, I don't see any way anybody could lay this kind of juice with Chelsea with, you just have no idea what, who's going to show up on any given day. So I'm going to be passing here. Like I said, I do think a lot of people who are just going to be excited to bet the champions league again, will be wrapping Chelsea and, uh, Dortmund together, but pretty easy pass for me here. BJ, anything?
1: Yeah, this is a pass for me. So Zagreb uh, last season was in the Europa League. They were in a group with West Ham, which is funny enough because they just played Chelsea. Um, West Ham pretty thoroughly dominated. Zagreb over the two legs. They weren't really that competitive. Zagreb's about a plus one expected goal differential per 90 minutes in the Croatian League, which is about 15th by UEFA coefficients. So they're probably around the fourth or fifth worst team in this competition but i mean i don't know how you lay anything with chelsea right now i don't even know what to make of their you know their anthony I, you were right their midfield is is bad like it has a lot of problems and i don't really know what they're going to do to fix it and they just kind of i mean they got zacharia and i guess that helps a little bit but um yeah i, I to it we're i think we're nearing the end here with tuchel like i think there's just either chelsea's gonna flip this thing and just go crazy and go on a crazy run or something, or he's just going to implode and get fired. And then who knows who comes in, but yeah, no, there's no way I'm playing anything in this match. I'm passing.
3: We'll talk more Chelsea. I think on, on the weekend pod, uh, they go to Fulham. The number is really short. Unfortunately, the number is really short. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think, uh, Chelsea's problems are, are pretty simple. They've never really solved the, the toggle thing, right? They're either too attacking. They have to either up the throttle to attack more. And then they're vulnerable defensively, or they are struggle balling and like defending really well, but there's just no attack. And I think we saw that against West Ham. The first half was just like, Chelsea has the ball, has the ball, has the ball. They can't create a damn thing. And then they say, all right, we're going to up the throttle now. Cause we need to, we need to try to win this match. And then all of a sudden West Ham scores, Chelsea scores, Chelsea scores again. West Ham should have scored and got screwed. Mendy's a mess as well, which is a big problem. Is a lot of their overperformance last year and was, was Mendy being amazing, and he has not been that. So I'm happy to pass here on Chelsea. We'll talk more about Chelsea in the coming weeks, but I think you know Connor Gallagher getting on the ball a ton and then making bad passes is, is a big problem for the for the team that wants to control the ball so much. So uh, yeah, the Blues until Conte, their savior, returns, uh, they're in trouble. <laughs>
2: Uh, all right, let's move uh, to Wednesday. But before I do, a reminder, Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sports book brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game and you get 200 free. All right, we are on to Group C now. And I think you pretty much call this one the headliner of all the matches Inter, plus 280 at home, hosting Bayern, minus 120 on to on at Bet365 to win this match. The draws 320. Both teams come in with 3-0-2 records in their respective domestic leagues, although Inter's uh, goal differential looks very different compared to Bayern's 11 goals for, 8 goals against for uh, Inter, 11.7 expected goals for, 5 expected goals against, according to Understat, Bayern, 17 goals for, 3 goals against 14 and a half expectacles for three spectacles against. And yet as good as those numbers make Byron look, all three of us are in agreement here that this Italian side underrated. I'm going to be on the money line. You two gentlemen will be with me in some respect. BJ, break this one down.
1: Byron's way overvalued here, especially on the road. I mean, inter, I mean, they're, they're pricing inter like just, you know, the fourth best team in Italy, which is just totally not the case here. I mean, they are, they were the best team in Italy, you know, by expected goals last season, they were plus 1.11 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. You know, if you look at a five-year rolling average of UEFA coefficients, Syria is one ranking point ahead of the Bundesliga. So we can just say they are basically even on, you know, on par as, as two leagues, Bayern was plus 1.5 expected goal differential per 90 minutes with Robert Lewandowski last year. He is gone. Yes. They still have great attacking players, but you can't just make up for a 1.08 XG per 90 minute striker. Like it, it just doesn't happen that way. So not that Byron's going to dip off completely, but it's just, they're not going to maintain the level that they were last year. I mean, and they even enter last champions, like they beat Real Madrid on expected goals over both meetings, you know, against Liverpool, they hung with them in the first leg. They gave them a big scare in the second leg. Like this team is good. Like they didn't really lose anybody from last year. They, they have a lot of talented players. They're at home. I mean, just from a mathematical standpoint, I can't get anywhere close to Byron minus 120. I have this projected actually pretty close to a pickem when you factor in home field advantage. So I'm taking Inter plus, plus half a goal. Uh, Byron will probably make me look stupid again, but you know what? My number's telling me to play Inter, so I have to do it.
2: Yeah, this is a classic spot that, that we, we will see in the Champions League over and over and over again uh, where the market is very high on Byron. We take the You yeah I think
3: they're the best team in the world to bet them. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean, it's so crazy. Like, well, like that's how crazy the numbers. Because look, like Liverpool went to Inter Milan in April. They went to Inter, or, uh, I guess it would have been February, second half of last season. They went there and the line was Liverpool minus one ten. Now, I don't think you could any way, shape, or form say that the current Bayern team is better than the Liverpool team that played them. And at that point, we are were in agreement that Liverpool was one one A, maybe a smidge behind City, but they were they were in those conversations uh Bayern are probably you know 3 4 5 uh, that alone gets you down into plus money territory which is where i have it uh, i've got bayern at plus 125 so i love inter here uh, catching a half goal it's not a huge edge for me but it is a great spot at home and again going back to that match last year against liverpool they were excellent defensively and Inzaghi does a very good job of setting his teams up in a defensive manner. And they're going to find much more counterattacking opportunities against this Bayern team than they did against Liverpool. And even in that match against Liverpool, they had chances that just didn't quite come off. Uh, This Bayern team is significantly weaker in transition defensively. They don't have Van Dyke. They don't have Tiago as, as their, you know, two main, you know, kind of stoppers there. So I think this is a vulnerable Bayern team in this situation, in this spot, uh, and I don't know how much I'm going to be betting Bayern in this group, even though I did say that they could be a dark horse to win this if their odds drop a little lower.
2: The team that all three of us backed with a, a future bet twenty to one to win the Champions League, Barcelona, biggest favorite on the board for this uh, match week minus sixteen hundred at home, hosting Victoria Pleasant out of the Czech Republic twenty five to one. The draw here is twelve to one. Barcelona three one and zero. Oh. Uh, in La Liga to start 11 goals for one goal against La Liga is obviously a very defensive league, but pretty damn impressive out of Xavi's boys. 11.4 expected goals for, for Barcelona, 3.12 expected goals against. I mean, this is a tough one to, to break down because is this 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 could be the worst team in, in the entire field against the fifth best team. They're going to Barcelona. This looks, it, it just has a pace thing written all over it. Uh, BJ. What do you see out of it?
1: Let's talk a little about Victoria Pleasant, because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast don't know much about them. Um, they're one of the two worst teams in this competition. In the Czech First Division last season, they only averaged 1.59 expected goals per match and had a plus 0. 0.34 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. That 1.5 expected goals per match is the lowest average for a non- big five league team in this competition. They did make it through three rounds of Champions League qualification. They beat HJK Helsinki out of Finland, only created 2.6 expected goals over two legs, actually allowed them to hold over 60% possession in the away leg. Uh, They beat Sheriff from last year's Champions League over two legs, only created 2.5 over those two legs. And then in their final round, they played Azerbaijan club Karabag, and they only created a total of 0.75, Expectacles over the two legs and allowed Carabag to hold 60% possession. What do you think Barcelona is going to do? Like they, this is going to be an absolute pasting. Very similarly to, I mean, if you want to do something kind of comparable, now Dinamo Kiev is way better than this team, but for somewhat of a comparison purposes, you know, Barcelona in those two matches last season against Kiev. They only allowed them to create a total of one expected goal over two matches. Um, at Bet365, Barcelona to win nil is minus 163. I have Barcelona to win nil projected at minus 350. So I'm going to take Barcelona to win nil at minus 163. I think that's a crazy low price. I don't think Victoria Pleasant is going to get over two more than two shots in this match. It, it's They're going to be maybe even worse than the Malmo of last year. Like It's going to be really, really bad. And I have a hard time seeing how they're even going to get out of their own half in this match. Hey, the, the difference between them and
2: Malmo is at least their season isn't. It, yeah, at it, least they're it, playing it, matches. It co- right now. Yeah, it <laughs> correlates with, with the Champions League season. Uh, Yeah, that's 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 going to be a tough one.
1: Like that, I have I Pleasant mean, projected. I had to give them a little bit because I felt that, like I was like, this can't be right. I had them projected for 0. 0.1 expected goals in this match. So I had to give them 0. 0.15 because I was like, I don't think this is right. So, but so. they're 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 really they're really bad they are going to get pasted so bad by these three teams
2: what what, i mean you talk like it's the group of death and then this i mean it happens all the time with draws when there is a group of death there's that fourth team in there and uh, you just feel terrible it
3: could have been it could have been marseille You could had a marseille in there there's some okay pot four teams but uh let's move to group a napoli hosting liverpool
2: napoli plus 260 at bet 365 liverpool odds on minus 106 the draw here is plus 280 Chelsea's off to the weirdest start in the Premier League, I think, by far. Liverpool is a distant second now that now that Manchester United has completely reverted from crisis club to title contender. Two, three, and one on those on the season for Liverpool. Fifteen goals for. <laughs> the
1: I'll, BJ I'll, I'll save really. my United stuff for the
2: weekend. <laughs> they They're not four, in this
1: competition.
2: They're not. Uh, Liverpool are fifteen <laughs> goals for for them in the Premier League. Six goals against. Remember, they, they won one nine nothing. So you take the Bournemouth numbers out uh, and it's six and six. 14.1 expectacles for seven point two expectacles against. I think that is the key number. Coming off a, a Merseyside derby where they were held nil nil with Everton in and, and one of the best nil nils you'll see all season. Meanwhile, Napoli, they are top Serie A, three, two and zero twelve 12 goals for four against, 12 expectacles for three expectacles against a defensive Titan, Napoli is. Uh, and I like them here at home plus 260 i think it's similar to what we were talking about with uh with Bayern and inter where you're paying a premium here on liverpool when they haven't shown this season that they deserve a premium to be paid on like they're they've really struggled and it's not like they've played a hard that hard of a schedule in the premier league either they're just not right uh they're they're struggling keeping preventing scoring chances their midfield is still getting overrun and and losing out to the midfield battle relatively to weaker teams it's it's Not great. They still have five world-class attackers. So you have to cope with that, but that's what Napoli does. They are a great defensive side. So I like the Italian side here. Anthony, what do you have?
3: Uh, As of right now, I got nothing. I got this number spot on. Uh, I thought I was going to be betting Napoli. I I lined up. was thinking like when the the draw first came out, I was like, oh, we got Liverpool at Napoli. First match, good road fade spot. And I may end up getting there. I'm going to hope for some Liverpool money to come in before. So I would, I would call it a lean toward Napoli this really comes down to Liverpool looking like they're still stuck in the mud. Uh, and Mo Salah is only at 0. 0.42 and expected goals per 90 right now. That would be the lowest rate of his Premier League career. He is 30 and they have played a relatively friendly schedule of opponents. When you look across the, the, the board, they've only played one of the big six uh, and they, they played fine in the match overall, but Salah just hasn't gotten the the shot numbers that you're used to seeing. So you know, if he is slowing down just a little bit, that kind of lowers the the ceiling of this Liverpool team and and definitely takes them out of the conversation. And look, it's not that far off from our conversation about Inter Milan last year. Napoli is worse than Inter. Liverpool's a little bit worse than they were last year. That gets you right around the same number. So from a numbers perspective, I think this is a a pretty fair line, Uh, but I'll be very interested to watch this one. Liverpool, like Nunez, I thought was, was good, not great against Everton. But they're they're kind of uh, struggling a little bit here, and I just wonder if they just played too many minutes last year, and they're they're just kind of kind of have a down year because of it.
2: Yeah, they played uh, every possible game that you can play uh, in a European soccer schedule with the cup runs. They had the chance of the quadruple. Obviously, they came up short. Only won two trophies uh, last year. Uh, let's move to the other patch in this group. Ix minus 223 at home against Rangers, plus 550. The draw here is plus 375. I, I think all three of us are in agreement that this Ajax team can't be... It's a different group than what we've seen out of them the past few years when they've had some exciting Champions League success. But they are off and running in the Eredivisie. 5-0-0, 16 goals for, three goals against. Um, but this price is out of whack. It's just way too high on a team that just lost so much talent lost its manager the turnover Anthony I think put it really well on our Champions League preview pod where you can hear us talk about future bets and go group by group and break them down that they're kind of just in a new phase right like every few years like IX will just get raided they'll their manager will move on to a bigger club and then they start over and then in a couple of years from now we'll we'll all be like Ajax 250 to 1 to win the Champions League get in on it and then they lose in the round of 16 uh, and we can pat ourselves on the back for you know it was a good bet it just didn't win that's that's not the case right now. They they're if these are the type of numbers that we're going to be getting to play against Ajax and we're going to be fading them every midweek uh, in the Champions League. Bj, that being said, you're wearing an Ajax kit.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is the Ajax for people who are watching on YouTube. Uh, this is the Ajax uh, Bob Marley collaboration, the three birds one from last year, the third kit, probably one of the sickest uh third kits ever made. So I had to wear it for the Champions League pod because we're talking about Ajax. And also it's I black, wonder if you're, if you're the it. only
2: person in Iowa with I might Bob be. Marley. You know what's Ajax. funny is
1: it took it took uh I ordered it last September and it came in like February. I think they had to take a little while to figure out where I actually live in Iowa. Uh but that being said, let's just go from a mathematical standpoint. Okay. Let's just say that Ajax is the team of last year. Like they have all their players they're coming into this Last year in the Eredivisie, they were at a or a plus 1.78 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. Rangers in the Scottish Premier League was at 1.36. Eredivisie, seventh best in Europe. Scottish Premier League is ninth. I have uh, the, the difference between Netherlands and Scotland at about 0.25 goals. So even factoring home field advantage, you can get to Ajax minus one, maybe a little bit over that. But then now you have to factor in that gravenberg is gone lesandro martinez is gone anthony is gone sebastian Holler is gone their manager eric ten is gone like that's a lot of a lot of turnover that's their best players of all left the club so factoring all that in i mean there's no way you can get to ix minus one and a half which is you know or minus 1.25 i guess what the spread is right now so i mean Rangers they did lose a couple guys but their their core of like James Tavernier, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Moreales is all still there. We have to remember this is the team that lost on penalties to Frankfurt in the Europa League final last season. I mean throughout their entire Europa League run, they were a plus 3.8 expected goal differential. So they were actually really good and now they have the experience And through that run. Guess who they took out? They took out Dortmund and they took out RB Leipzig in that run. So they have experience playing against bigger sides. They have experience now setting up, you know, in a very defensive style, defensive counterattacking style. And they've proven that it can work because I'd imagine Ajax is probably going to hold a lot of possession here. So I'm on Rangers plus one, uh, plus 120. I think it's way too good of a price. I agree with you, Michael, that this this price on Ajax is pricing them like the Ajax of last year. And that's just not the case anymore.
2: Yeah, I'll be on the Rangers money line, and I will also be sprinkling an all-Scottish two-team parlay, 32-1 to uh, Celtic and Rangers. Anthony, what do you have?
3: Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three on the Rangers. I still will will, will tend to the point that they overperformed and got pretty fortunate in that run in the Europa League. But this is more of a fade at Ajax. Uh, you mentioned their numbers in the air Divisi to start the season being very impressive. I love Steven Bergwijn as a player, but he's got six goals already. Uh, I am pretty skeptical of him you know, being that good. Uh, and even if it is, we know that's not really going to translate into a more difficult competition against actual defenses, which Rangers have proven they can be. They can play, sit deep. Uh, this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Leipzig Rangers match uh, that they did have at the end of last season. Were, were Rangers fortunate to go through at the end? Yes. But in the first leg, Rangers did an excellent job of defending deep and countering. And I think Ajax will be very susceptible to this kind of uh, attack. Uh, it might not be quite the same with Schroeder as the manager now instead of Ten hog, but we know the biggest weakness of Ajax was that they love to push up the fullbacks and they left a ton of space in behind. Well, Tavernier is probably licking his chops, thinking about those kind of opportunities to get up the wing uh, and to cause havoc here. Uh, it is also the Bassi bowl with uh, Bassi going to Ajax, but uh, the the center back from Rangers. But this will be very interesting. I mean. Ajax did a decent job bringing in some fun players to replace, but you just, at the end of the day, cannot replace Anthony Gravenberg, Holler, Martinez. That's just way too much production. So And and they're going to struggle this year a little bit, I think, in Europe because of it. It's a shame because we had so much fun. We bet them, I'm, I think, every match at the group stage, or at least the first four or five, and we hit that group future, and we should have won our... Uh, they should have won the Champions League last year, in my opinion. But uh, other than that, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> a fun, yeah, fun time. But I'm off IX now, so yeah, we're we can, we're all we about them. Sell high on
2: them, uh, and a fun little narrative street to walk down is that Rangers are now managed by uh, Dutch soccer legend Giovanni von Bronckhorst. Anthony, you probably weren't born yet when von Bronckhorst was playing. Uh, I, one of my favorite soccer memories ever is the 2006 World Cup Portugal and Netherlands, uh, known as the Battle of Nuremberg because there were just red cards everywhere. Deco got sent off somehow. He's like the sweetest guy ever. He's from Rotterdam, played for Feyenoord. That's Ajax's biggest rival. So
3: some fun we there. We'll be talking about Feyenoord later.
2: Some fun there with uh von Bronkhorst Bronckhorst and Rangers. Uh, 3 p.m. Group B at Letty, minus 125. Porto, 4 to 1 on the money line at Fed365 for this one. The draw here is plus 240. Atleti off to a 2-1-1 start in La Liga, 5 goals for, 3 goals against, 7.3 expected goals for, 5.5 expected goals against. So this, to start the season, doesn't look like your older brothers at Atleti, a lot more high event than we normally see out of them. But they'll probably get that all sorted out. I trust Simeone to do that. Porto 4-0-1 oh, in uh, the Portuguese top division, 12 goals for, 4 goals against. I think this is Porto or nothing. With the price, but I will likely be passing here. Anthony, what do you have? Get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his
0: cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
3: I like Porto plus a half. I think these two teams are very similar uh, in terms of ability uh, and talent. and I think we saw that last year when They played in the group stage of the Champions League. They played twice. Uh, first of all, they finished the group with basically the exact same expected goals numbers, which was pretty wild to think about. Atleti went through on some variants, but they played in the first match. Uh, they played at Atleti, and Porto was the much better side. Porto uh, 1.1 to 0.3 XG. That actually undersells how much better Porto were. There was a very controversial overturn of a goal. That was basically a tap in, so it really could have been even bigger in favor of Porto. Atlético could not generate anything. The second match they played at Porto, uh, Atlético were the better side, but again, it was a very weird game. Nothing happened in the first half, and then the second half there ended up being a, a three red cards given out, and and then Atlético kind of pulled away late with, with some extra goals and one three one. But. Uh, the difference between these two teams is minimal i think this is um you know michael made a joke in the last game about uh, the last match about two teams just kind of standing there passing around to one another and never actually anything happening this would be that kind of match there's a reason the total is at 2.25 i'm not playing the under but i do think this is a very grinded out kind of game and porto's defense continues to be excellent their attack is a little overrated uh but uh generally speaking i like porto plus a half i think you know, if you gave me Atleti plus a half at Porto, I think I'd bet it. And if you give me Porto plus a half at Atleti, I'm going to bet it as well. So that's really just where I see these two teams and why I'm taking the half goal.
2: The other match in Group B is Bruges plus 210 at home hosting Leverkusen plus 115 on the road. The draw 275. Man, Leverkusen, 1-0-4 to start the Bundesliga season. Six goals for, nine goals against. I think a team we were all pretty
3: high on. Out the doors and shows you what we get for backing a team we hated so much. Yeah, exactly. Think about uh, how much money we could have made fading them after what we, we said last switched. year. We should just switch start our- and, and we bought in. I think that's I my know. fault. I, I hyped them up a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's been ugly thus far, but it won't and
2: it won't stay ugly. Their expectables are basically you're looking at like a an even expectable differential at uh, Bruges out of Belgium five one one to start their league season seventeen goals for seven goals against. Uh, last year they were in a group with with Leipzig and PSG they got results against. They beat Leipzig, tied PSG. Other than that, uh, they were losing by multiple goals. Is this by Leverkusen here, BJ?
1: I think it is. Uh, and It has more to do with Bruges than, than Leverkusen. So, I mean, yeah, they were put in the group of death last season. They had a mi- over a minus 10 expected goal differential. I don't, I mean, it is what it is. Like, they were bad. Like, they did get a couple of results, but overall they got pounded. But what's more concerning for me is their numbers in Belgium. I mean since the start of last season they have a plus 0. 0.49 expected goal differential per 90 minutes in the 13th most difficult league in Europe by UEFA coefficients. They didn't even I mean Belgium's a weird league. They don't actually play like similarly to all the other leagues. They have a, a weird playoff at the end, but they didn't even win the regular season. Like Union saint gelosi won the regular season as as the as a newly promoted team. Like they were not they were not good in Belgium last season. You know, they they did bring in a couple guys they brought in Yarmichuk from Benfica they brought in Kyle Lauren from Bashitas but their best attacking player Noel Lang is he's going to miss this match due to injury so uh i can't even i can't get there for for Bruges to kind of be close to a pick 'em against Leverkusen i mean Leverkusen yeah they overperformed but they were still a 0.6 xg per 90 minute team in the bundesliga and you know 7.7 expected goals in their first five matches is 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 fine like it's it's not it's not amazing but it's it's still pretty good so um yeah this is more of a bet against bruges uh than a bet on leverkusen but i do have leverkusen projected at minus 117 so at plus 125 i got to take them. yeah i'm with you uh, i'll be
3: backing the german side here uh, they did and- lose their their probably their best talent. Uh Hans Unaken, still there, but they did lose uh Dequel uh, right. I just botched the pronunciation of that one. Sorry, to Charles, but uh he went to Milan and uh, he was their best attacking player, midfielder at least creator. So a tough loss for them. They were a fun team. I I know I bet them a couple times and did okay. I definitely
1: bet them I guess, against PSG. They, had, right, they, only, yeah.
3: they should have beat PSG the first yeah. match of the Champions League. But yeah, I mean, Bruges is, is they are they're, they're down right now, uh, and not a team I'll be looking to bet on in this group.
2: We'll now move to Group D, and we'll now move to Spurs minus two hundred hosting Marseille. Bj, these are your two most hated teams. One yeah, one with I your heart,
1: one with your wallet. Uh, I Marseille. hate Tottenham. I hate Marseille, and I hate Frankfurt. So there's only by processable nation. We only have one team.
2: As Spurs are minus two hundred at home, Marseille five five to one on the road. The draws plus three fifty. The French side off to a five one and oh win draw loss start Ugh. in the as good as ever
3: in the French Ugh. league.
2: <laughs> plus ten goal differential, thirteen
1: cake loss. schedule, <laughs>
2: thirteen tallies for three against eleven point three spectacles for six point three spectacles against Spurs. Four wins, two draws, zero losses in the Premier League. Plus seven goal differential, 12-4, five against 10.5 uh, expected goals created, five and a half conceded, probably coming off their best performance of the season against Fulham. That was a really stirring effort out of tip, top, Tottenham. But this number is pretty crazy. I actually don't hate a bet on the French side here. But, BJ, you're going the other way.
1: No, I love Tottenham minus one at uh, minus 134. Uh let's go. I mean, since Antonio Conte took over Tottenham, there are two expected goals for per 90 and 0.98 against. Marseille over that same time frame is 0.68 for and 0.99 against. So Tottenham is about a you know a 0.5 actually differential per 90 minutes better than Marseille. And I have England rated 0.93 goals better than France. So you can see how I can very easily get to Tottenham minus one and a half, minus one point seven five. I mean Marseille, five wins. You mentioned it, five wins, one draw, thirteen goals for off of nine point three expected, three goals allowed off a of six point six expected. Uh, they're doing it again. I mean I don't know how many times I need to say it, but defensively, you know, a little over one expected goal allowed per ninety is is fine. But they did that against Reims, Brest, Nantes, Clermont Foot, Nice, and Angers. That's not a murderer's row whatsoever. This is going to be a massive step up in competition. And I mean, listen, two years ago when Marseille was in the champions league, they were in a really easy group and they were horrendous against Olympiacos Porto and Manchester city. So, and also it looks like Dimitri Payet might miss this match. I mean, he didn't play over the weekend. He was a 0.73 XG uh, plus expected assist per 90 in Ligue 1. So um I mean, I have. I'm playing Tottenham minus one and minus one thirty four. Don't hate minus one and a half, either. Um, I, I think this has Spurs blowout written all over it. They're a funny team, Tottenham. Like, I mean, they're, they're good. Like, I they're, all, they're, like all, they are. They are good. Like, they're, they're, they're good, not... but are they?
2: Are they? Yes. Are they the type of team that? that I can... think they're
3: cheap. Yeah, here. I agree with BJ. I mean, look, I think from a narrative perspective, you're going to hear in the lead up, oh, you know, tricky game for Spurs. Uh, Marseille looking really good in France this season but we know the truth about this Marseille team. And every time they go <laughs> up in competition, they've gotten kind of cooked. Look, I mean, look at some of the teams we talked about last year. Uh, I think we've had a good start to the season in terms of generally directionally being on to teams who are just frauds and picking them off. And then look how they're doing this year. Number one, Leicester city, number two, Sevilla. Liverpool. number three, <laughs> Liverpool to a lesser extent, number four. And, we kind of missed our boat here, but Leverkusen, Frankfurt, like all these fraud teams. Manchester United. Eventually, well, they might be the other, they might be the opposite side of that, BJ. No, um, But, but we'll, we'll get to that. But think about across the board. And then, you know, there's a couple that have held out longer than others. You know, Lazio is held out. Uh, Marseille continues to run really, really well. And that's kind of how it works. Like your teams aren't just going to, because we say they're performing right now, that doesn't mean that tomorrow's match is the day that they're going to finally, regress back to what their mean is. But uh, Marseille is a team who who are going to get pounded in the coming, I think, in the Champions League group. might Maybe not because of how bad it is, but uh, this is a good Spurs spot. The biggest difference for Spurs on Saturday against Fulham, and I was honestly scared because I had my plus one and a quarter, which I was very fortunate to cash, half of. But as soon as I saw the lineup, I saw, okay, Romero's back, Longley is in, they're going to have much better – Ball progression through the defense to the midfield, and then they're going to probably dominate this match. And like clockwork, they did. So I saw the all the Fulham steam late, and I almost got out, but Spurs definitely played better. Uh, and I think that's the biggest difference. And you know, we'll see what the lineup looks like. Richarlison's work rate was impressive as well. I just think Marseille's overmatched here.
2: His work rate. I've been telling you guys for years that this guy is the, the, the hardest working, the hardest working guy in in the Premier League. I miss him dearly. Uh, last match on the board for us to discuss, stick in, in Group D. This is a 12.45 p.m. kickoff. Frankfurt, plus 110. One of the frauds we've talked about. Uh, they're plus 110 at home, hosting Sporting out of Portugal, plus 220. Draw here is plus 260. This one is pretty easy for us, I think. Uh, you know our thoughts on Frankfurt, but here's where they're at. The Bundesliga, 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Bang average. 11 goals for, 11 goals against. Bang average. Eight expected goals for, nine expected goals against. Very slightly below average. Sporting 2-1-2, uh, eight goals for, eight goals against. In Portugal, looking average Bang as well. Average. Yeah, looking pretty average as well. But look at the line. You're getting one team uh, when you adjust for home field advantage, looking like it would be a decent, you know, like a slight favorite uh, on a neutral venue. I think it should be flipped. Uh, I like sporting. BJ. Frankfurt, they drive you nuts. Yep. So I'm assuming we're going to be on the same side here.
1: Yeah. I mean, they look good. They look good against RB Leipzig. I don't really know what, I don't know what happened in that match. Honestly, I I don't, I did not see that coming, but I don't think it's something that's going to continue. Uh, I mean, this is a Frankfurt team that we've talked about a lot. That was a minus seven expected goal differential in the Bundesliga last year. And uh, losing Philippe Kostic is going to be a big loss. Didn't seem so on Saturday against RB Leipzig, but um, this is a really good sporting team. Uh, they were a plus 1.41 1 actually differential per 90 minutes, just that alone compared to what Frankfurt was in the Bundesliga. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. Um, I mean, the gap between Germany and Portugal really isn't as big as I think many people will think it would be. And, you know, obviously, sporting, listen, they lost Polina to Fulham, they lost Matthias Nunes to um, Wolves, but you know, they still have their defense back that allowed only 0.65 XG per 90 in the Portuguese league. They got out of a group, Champions League group last season with Ajax, Dortmund, and Bichitas. Yes, Ajax pasted them. Yes, they pasted Bichitas, but over the two legs against Dortmund, who is way better than Frankfurt, if Sporting was 2.1 expected goals for only two against over the two legs, and that was the Dortmund team with Erling Holland. So, this line is is crazy to me. I have sporting projected as a favorite, which I know a lot of people are probably going to think that's kind of crazy. But mathematically, when you boil it down, when since Frankfurt's a negative expected goal differential since the start of last season, uh, it's it's really not. And even if you look at transfer market, the total squad value of these two teams, they're pretty much even so actually not that crazy i think sporting is way undervalued here so i love them you can even get them plus half a goal at minus 145 right now which is it seems crazy to me so that's what i'm going to take them as
2: all right uh with that we will move on to our favorite bets for uefa champions league match week one coming to you tuesday september 6th wednesday september 7th anthony uh, let's start with you
3: Yeah, I'm going to take Inter Milan plus a half at minus 110 at home against Bayern Munich. We talked about this earlier. The price on this suggests that in order to bet Bayern, you need to think they're the best team in the world. I do not think that. I think Inter has earned respect with their excellent underlying numbers in Serie A, even though it hasn't quite come through. They've lost to Lazio. They've lost to Milan. A lot of that was more variance than actual performance. They won the expected goals battle in both of those matches. They've been very good to start the season. They've added Romelu Lukaku to what was the best team in Italy last year by XG. Bayern have lost Lewandowski. So from a striker perspective, even if you think Bayern will be fine without him, and I am one of those people, You have to downgrade them a little bit, at least in the short term. And Bayern are just not quite good enough to get to that current number. So I like Inter plus a half at home. They gave Liverpool a lot of problems last year in a similar fixture in a similar spot. I like the boys uh, Inter at home plus half.
2: All right, uh, let's start the Champions League off with a bang. I like Rangers plus 550 on the money line against Ajax. This is more a bet against Ajax than a bet on Rangers. This is a team that yeah, they're off to a great start in the Eredivisie, but not the, the toughest league out there in the Netherlands. And this is not the same IX team from that we've seen have a lot of Champions League success over the past few years. They lost Anthony. They lost Sebastian Allaire. Lissandro Martinez and their manager, Eric Tenag over the summer. And yet they're still being priced like the team that had those players and that manager. Minus 223 at home is absurd. Uh, Rangers, they already got through Champions League qualifying, so they're in. The kind of the rhythm of the tournament schedule, playing midweek matches, going to away to tough places, including the Netherlands. And this is just a great price to go against a team that we all think is overrated, not just in this match, but in the tournament at large on the board. So I'll be taking a shot here. Rangers plus 550. And of course, sprinkling the all Scottish parlay. Rangers and Celtics 32 to 1. Uh, BJ, your favorite bet.
1: Sporting Lisbon, plus half a goal at minus 145. I just talked about it. But Frankfurt, since the start of last season, is a minus seven expected goal differential in the Bundesliga. And they just lost their best attacking player, Philippe Kostic, to Juventus. So now comes in Sporting, who had a plus 1.41 expected goal differential per 90 minutes in the Portuguese league last season. Oh, and they also just got out of a Champions League group last season with Ajax, Bashitas, and Dortmund. Yes, they got pasted by Ajax. Yes, they killed Beshitas. But... Uh, when they played Dortmund, who is also another German team, that's way better than Frankfurt. Sporting beat them on expected goals 2.1 to 2. So it's a little insane to me that Frankfurt is a plus 125 favorite at home. So give me Sporting plus half a goal at minus 145.
2: And real quick, just to wrap it up, there's still Europa League and Europa Conference League matches coming our way on Thursday. Can you two guys give us your favorite bets in those competition?
1: One minute each. BJ, you go first. Yeah, I'm going to go Sheriff. Plus half a goal. They're back. They're back, baby. On the island against uh, Omnia Nicosia out of Cyprus. Really not sure Sheriff should be underdogs here. Uh, Nicosia uh, in the Cyprus first division last season only had a plus 0.17 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. That's the 21st most difficult league by UEFA coefficients. higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, you'll like this, Michael, the uh, Nicosia manager is Neil Lennon, who formerly managed managed Celtic into the ground. They were in a Europa Conference League group with Kwarabag, Basel, and a Kazakhstan club, Korat Almaty. Uh, They did not win a match, and they had a negative seven goal differential. Um, But somehow they're favored at home against Sheriff, who... The juggernaut. I mean, yeah, they – I mean, in the in if we remove the matches against Real Madrid and Inter, against Shakhtar, and then when they got in the Europa League uh, knockout stage, they faced Braga, they did have a minus 2.7 expected goal differential, but that's pretty good for a team from Moldova, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I mean, in the Moldovan League, they're at 1.2 XG per 90 uh, – XG differential per 90 minutes. If you look at total squad transfer value, the is 19 million. Sheriff is 15 million. So, I mean – I have uh, Sheriff actually projected as a slight favorite Way on over the island, minute. and five thirty-eight agrees with me because they have Sheriff at forty-two percent. So give me FC Sheriff plus half a goal, minus one forty, and I'll be sprinkling the money line at plus two fifty.
3: Uh, Anthony, I don't know how you can top that, but give it a shot. I don't. I don't need to top it. I got the better team as well. I got We the Nord, Nord uh on the road at Lazio. Uh, look, this is like the textbook like bet on bet against mm-hmm. team. I know Fiannord lost a couple pieces from last year's team. But 538 had them rated as a top 15 attacking team in the world. And they were really good. Their numbers were uh, right right below Ajax, but very good in the Eredivisie. They got to the Conference League final. They steamrolled uh, a couple of teams in the way, including our Marseille boys. So they are the luck box beaters. And they will be getting a result at Lazio, who uh, is in a look another tough loss uh, or a tough loss for them over the weekend, Lazio. They rely a lot on big scoring chances. They're going to have a lot of the ball here, but Feyenoord, very dangerous uh, in transition and counterattacking. So I like I like the Nord to get a good result here.
2: All right. Uh, that does it for our first Champions League match preview episode. For BJ Cunningham, for Anthony DeBundo. I'm Michael Levov. This has been Wonder Goal presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with the promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game and you get 200 free. We will see you guys on Thursday morning for our Premier League preview. Until then, best of luck in Europe this week.